Hello everyone, welcome to my show, Karyab Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, leaders, and C-suite executives who share their personal journey to inspire you. This is your host, Priyanka Komla. And to our listeners, do subscribe to us by following me, Priyanka Komla, on LinkedIn for your LinkedIn Live notifications and our LinkedIn page for Karyab Startup Podcast as well. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, at Pod Startup and your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Today, I have with me the best career coach in town. She's rated as one of LinkedIn's top voices for career and job search. And I thought we need to bring the special guest to our career startup podcast listeners. So, ta da! Hi, that was quite an intro. I've never been called the best career coach in town, so I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Cynthia. Yeah. Such a pleasure to have you on our show. And we are super excited to learn more about what you have to offer from a career guidance standpoint and learn more about Cynthia herself. <laughs> yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Cynthia. And to our listeners, Cynthia, she's a career strategist, speaker, and author of a book, which is Don't Stay in Your Lane, The Career Change Guide for Women of Color. She's also a New York University trained lawyer and a career coach who is on a mission to embolden women of color. Her career advice has been featured in several different places, be it Huffington Post, Fast Company, Refinery29. So super excited, Cynthia, and thanks for the sneak peek into the book as well. Yeah, you are most welcome. Happy to show it as many times as people are interested in seeing it. That's amazing. And three reasons for our listeners to tune into this episode of Career Startup with the amazing Cynthia Pong is A, we learn how to build our dream careers as a woman of color. And two, how do you get the money, the power and the respect that you deserve? And three, how does Cynthia embrace her personality as a proud introvert? That's really amazing to see how you put your personal brand together, be an introvert, Cynthia. Well, thanks. I mean, I, I do encourage more people to think this way, especially um, Asian leaders and Asian American leaders, because our personalities are what make us unique. And, you know, you may have heard of things like unique value proposition and how to differentiate yourself in a market, even if you work as a, a person within a large institution, you know, but still, if you kind of want to break through the noise these days, it's important to, I think, showcase your personality and the things about you that are unique uh, to you so that, you know, people relate to that. They they want to see the real you. They don't want to see just like a, you know, bland avatar. You know, the authentic, the real you is something that really inspires people to be themselves and be yeah. credible. So yeah. let's get started, Cynthia. Sure. Thanks for that amazing advice. You grew up in Delaware. What's a yeah. fond memory of the beaches that you've seen in Delaware? <laughs> you know, I never even made it to the Delaware beaches until I was well into my 30s. So that's a testament to how my family was not a beach family. I, I knew of them. I had friends who would go there, but I never really went as a kid. It, so my upbringing was pretty, I don't know, I want to say typical, if there is such a typical, like, suburban uh experience in like white America. Got you. So you now live in New York, right? How does it feel yeah. transitioning from Delaware to New York? Oh yeah. I mean, I went, I lived in other places between when I lived in Delaware and New York, but 
I, I really love it here. I mean, I've been in this literal apartment for about 10 years. So I, I don't have really any intentions of leaving or moving. I've got quite a lot of roots like in my neighborhood and uh, with my neighbors in my building and on my block and stuff. So I love that. That's pretty awesome. So let's get started with some real business stuff. Okay. You're so focused on women in the workplace. And there was a recent report that just got released, which is from McKinsey and Company and Lean In, which focuses on how 2 million women are considering leaving the workforce, either temporarily or permanently because of this 2020 corona pandemic. What is one thing that you would advise organizations to incorporate to really shift the needle for women in the workforce and create a more accommodating workspace? Yeah, I mean, I encourage anyone who's tuning in right now and listening to this later to actually really think about what Priyanka just said. The pandemic and the economic fallout are causing 2 million women in the US only to consider downshifting or leaving their work life as it is right now. And I'm talking only about like paid work outside the home, right? Because we all know that there's lots of unpaid work that happens inside the home. Uh, that's staggering. You know, like think of how long it took for women to get the accommodations and the rights and, you know, I don't know, just be seen in the workplace, be like allowed to be doing the same kind of work as men. Uh, I, you know, we're still not fully there to like equity, but this is a huge, huge, huge leap backwards. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's really hard to answer your question because there's so many things that I think organizations need to do. But if I had to pick one, I would say promote more black women because black women have had it worse in the workplace for the longest. You know, um, they haven't been made to feel any type of psychological safety at work. They're passed over for promotions and raises constantly ignored, talked over, made to feel like the angry black woman, all of these types of discrimination, racism and sexism, uh, overt and implicit over the years. So that's the one thing I would say, if you're gonna do only one thing, do that. And what do you think about Asian women, especially? Yeah, well, you know, the stats have Asian American and Asian women doing better than black women and Latinx women um, and indigenous women. So, you know, there's that to consider, but I suppose like from an, looking at things that, from an intersectional uh, perspective, like if you do want to get to where you wanna go in your careers, you know, be strategic about how you move forward, um, get the support that you need, uh, don't just put your head down and work hard and expect people to notice that you have to tell people, you know, how good your work is and things like that. So learn how to advocate for yourself in the workplace if you're not already. That's a great segue, Cynthia. <laughs> really focus on tooting our horn and especially for Asian women. Yeah. We feel that we always need to put our head down and work and our work is going to speak for itself. Yeah. What are three top tips that you can give to our Asian community, especially on elevating yourself and creating your own personal brand so people know who you are. Yeah, so I am a bit of an overachiever, so I'm gonna give you five tips actually. Cause I would love it, go ahead. <laughs> so the first thing is you gotta keep a list of your accomplishments and the things you've been doing because it's very easy to forget and to be like, oh no, that wasn't a big deal or whatever by the time it comes, when it comes time to apply for something, update your resume, your LinkedIn, all those things. So keep a list, it'll just future you will thank you. Number two is 
remember that it's not, um, like there's nothing wrong with like tooting your own horn. Um, you can describe the excellent work that you do as the facts that they are. Like you did this fabulous thing. You did organize a conference that 200 people came to. You did write this fabulous report that um, you know set the standard for the rest of your organization. You did do these things, so you can say them. You know, there's it's not uh, subjective. Uh, number three, remember that this is good role model modeling. Think about the other, uh, maybe more junior, maybe younger Asian American women or Asian women who are looking to you as an example. And if they see you working really hard and never telling anyone about it and not getting recognized for what you do, uh, that's not a great example to set and it's demoralizing for them. So do it for them also. Um, number four, you never get what you don't ask for. So, you know, it's, the burden is the burden is initially, unfortunately, on us to bring the ask to the table, uh, because as Frederick Douglass has said, like power concedes nothing without a demand. So we have to make the demands. That's just where we are right now. And the last and the fifth thing is uh, check out this really cool intersectional study done about negotiation um, by a uh, Duke Business School professor by the name of Ashley Shelby Rosette. Uh, perhaps this can be in the show notes or something, but people can call Ashley Shelby Rosette at Duke. And you can find a study that this professor did about negotiation and how it's different for different groups of women of color. Um, and hopefully there'll be more research on this in the future because it excludes Latinx women and indigenous women. But looking at both black women um, Asian, Asian women and white women, uh, the one thing that really helps for us Asian women or Asian American women is if we couch our negotiation and our asks and our framing in terms of our skills and our competence because that plays towards the stereotype bias of us. Like the stereotype of us is that we're really good at what we do, we're like smart, we're competent, right? We're skilled. Um, so in a subversive way, like it's good to, to, you know, leverage that to our benefit by emphasizing our positive track record. Like I've done quality work for three years already at this place. Here are all the examples. Like this is the other thing that I organized or wrote last month. That's super high quality, you know, like lean on those things when you're negotiating and that's it. I really like the idea of having a revolving list of accomplishments because mm -hmm. performance evaluations happen at the end of the year. It's yeah. so hard to really figure out what's the impact that we've created throughout the year. So that's a great advice, starting from yeah. writing down what your accomplishments are. And that serves as a data point to negotiate your career uh, pivots much better. Yes, no, 100%. So do it regularly, you know, do it like at the end of the week. You know, um, I wouldn't let too much time pass because we tend to forget there's so much happening this year, you know. That's very true. So you're a good proponent for meditation and, you know, practicing mindfulness. Yeah. Tell us how that's really helped you become a successful career strategist and an entrepreneur. Oh, it was breaking up a little bit. Could you ask the question again? Sure. So you believe in the fact that mindfulness and meditation are very integral to become successful. How have these techniques yeah. helped you become a successful author and an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay. So 
whenever you are doing something kind of on your own, it's very easy, especially for a lot of us women of color to get stuck in this uh, anxiety-based bubble <laughs> where we're like, ah, oh, can I really do this? Is this actually any good? Um, does anyone really care what I'm doing? You know, all it can spiral very quickly into like a lot of negative and catastrophic thoughts, which is something I talk about in my book actually. Um, but mindfulness and meditation and my personal practice of that have really helped ground me and calm me down in those moments. So, you know, the, the general concept is you notice you're having these thoughts, you non-judgmentally recognize it, then you focus either on your breathing or you change your thoughts to something else and you replace those thoughts with more positive or neutral ones. So being able to catch when these things are happening in your thoughts is, is key. And like you build that muscle by practicing meditation or mindfulness. And my practice is I aim for five days a week in the morning to do a seated meditation, kind of seated yoga stretching thing for 20 minutes. Been using the same recording for like, I don't know, five, 10 years. And that's what I do. That's pretty, amazing. That's pretty amazing, Cynthia, because I've been practicing mindful meditation. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes every day sets the intention for the day. You manifest a different version of yourself where you're free from judgments of your yeah. own mind. Yeah. And then you focus on what are my goals for the day? How best can I invest my energy and my full focus in terms mm -hmm. of making those goals a reality? So I, I really agree with you on those principles. Yeah. Now that's... An interesting segue to one of the questions uh, a listener of ours wanted to ask on their behalf. It's from Rubinia Borge, who is a PhD student at the University of North Texas. She's looking for a summer 2021 internship. And she had a couple of questions which I wanted to ask you. How do you overcome imposter syndrome and deal with rejections as part of job search? Is there something around the mindfulness practice that we shared that could really help you handle these kinds of situations? I think mindfulness helps for generally any type of negative thought pattern. So yes, as a foundation, definitely that. Um, I will say a few things to the imposter syndrome uh, point. One is um, the first thing I think Ravinia can explore is research imposter syndrome a little bit more if you haven't already, because it may or may not be that which is holding you back. If you are early on in your career, if you're just start starting out uh, if you've just graduated, things like that, it, it may simply be that you need to give yourself time and a little bit of grace to get the experience and the skills that you're looking to build. You know, um, imposter syndrome, as defined by my colleague, um, Dr. Lisa Orbe Austin, her partner, Richard Orbe Austin, in this excellent book, Own Your Greatness. Everyone should get their copy uh, and follow them on LinkedIn and Instagram. They're excellent. Um, you know, she defines it basically as like when you're a high achieving um, person that you've, you've been in your field or doing your stuff for a while, like other people look to you as an expert and you still feel internally like you are a fraud or an imposter. So there is a distinction there. You know, when we are starting out, um, it may not be imposter syndrome. It might be low self-esteem. It might be you need more time. Like it could be any number of other things. So that's number one. If it really is imposter syndrome, you know, work through it with a book like Lisa's book, Own Your Greatness, or like actually in my book, one of the, I have a number of special sections in my book. There's eight of them in total that tackle very common negative mindsets that women of color, a lot of my clients have had. And, you know, one of them is 
imposter syndrome as well. And that's like the second one I address here with like some exercises for you to work through it. Um, so there's tons of resources out there. You can also Google, you know, lots of things that you can do. Um, but yeah, the first, the first step is making sure you are like diagnosing yourself correctly. Um, did you ask me, Rubinia, a second question? No, I'm going to go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she had a couple of questions, which yeah. I let Cynthia know that are coming her way. Um, especially when you come from a different culture, uh, you know, I've been through this experience myself. How do you really position yourself in the job market, especially after a pandemic like this? And Rubinia is graduating next year with her PhD. Um, mm -hmm. uh, she's looking for an internship, I should say. So what advice would you have for her? Yeah, so I think it's never too early to start building your own thought leadership online, especially as someone like you who has the depth of knowledge and experience that you have from completing your PhD program, from going through all the rigorous, you know, writing a dissertation, reading, researching for a dissertation, writing a dissertation, having to defend your dissertation. I mean, that's really hard stuff and it can really break you down. Um, but <laughs> the upside is that you do have this body of knowledge that a lot of other people don't. Um, and you might be tempted to think in academia, well, like I work with all these other colleagues in my field and they all know this stuff already. That's okay. Like that's just one small segment. Like a lot of other people, like lay people, like Priyanka and myself, like we wouldn't necessarily know about whatever your area of expertise is, right? So if you have something to say, if you develop a unique point of view about your area or even something else, like it doesn't really matter, um, but it probably makes sense to be related to whatever kind of work you're looking for, you know, share it. There's platforms like Medium, LinkedIn, Twitter, depending on, um, you know, it's really good for people in media, writers and stuff. Um, th those are places where there's no barrier to entry if you have an internet connection. So post on there, you know, interact with other people in the space and you will start, like if you do it consistently, people will start looking to you as like the expert on whatever, you know, that is literally how I became a top voice on LinkedIn. I just kept posting about things related to career for women of color. That's it, you know? Yeah. That's pretty uh, impressive, Cynthia. And Cynthia is an amazing career coach whom you should follow on LinkedIn. She's one of the top voices on LinkedIn for job search and career strategies. And she hosts these sessions through LinkedIn Live where she explores a topic and gives you tactical advice to really pivot your careers and change your lane in the most seamlessly possible way. So oh, I love what you did there. <laughs> You're an excellent podcast host, I can already tell. And yes, folks can join me Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn for those weekly lives. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll post links to connect with Cynthia as well as part of our episode notes. We have a couple of other questions from another listener of ours, Jyoti Zanwar, who's a software engineer from Maharashtra in India. First question is, how should I approach people to help me refer me for positions in their companies? Is there a tactical advice that you can provide? Yeah, so for Jyoti and others wondering about this, the first thing is shift your mindset a little bit or make sure that your intention going in, because Priyanka mentioned intention earlier, you know, um, make sure your intention going in isn't, I want to talk to this person so that they will refer me to this job in their company because that feels very transactional and extractive. It feels like I only want to talk to Priyanka because I know that she's connected to so-and-so and then can get me a job. And how does that make Priyanka feel? 
not great probably like oh cynthia is just trying to use me to get to this other thing like cynthia doesn't actually care about me the person priyanka or like what i'm about or my goals so you want to make sure you avoid any type of feeling of you're using the other person uh to get something only for your benefit so the the way to sort of um get out of this and i have written a, an article on linkedin that's called decolonized networking um, so you can read a lot more about it on there. Uh, but basically, think about this as building a professional relationship for the benefit of both of you. Like, how can I provide value? How can I also support this person that I'm reaching out to? Like, oh, Priyanka, like I know that Priyanka has a podcast. So, um, you know, I'm going to ask Priyanka about her podcast, find out if there's any areas where I could potentially help support. Like, subscribe, you know, tell your friends, rate and review the podcast. Um, think of new good podcast guests that would be helpful to her, which Velvet, if Velvet is here tuning in, that's how I got connected to Priyanka. And so being a super connector like Velvet and Priyanka um, are, maybe Velvet's in the comments, I'm not sure. Um, that's very helpful and valuable to people. So Jyoti, you can think about that. Like, is there something you can offer? Even if it's um, like I saw this article and, you know, it made me think of you or this podcast episode I thought might be helpful or like, you know, that that's for more like follow up conversations with the person. At first, you can really just be clear and be like, oh, I really admire your work and such and such. Make sure you've done your research on them. I would love if, you know, could we have a 15 minute chat sometime? I would love to hear about your experience and your work and blah, 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 and see how I can support you. I don't know you know, something like that, where it makes it feel less like, I'm only doing this because I want you to get me a job, please. Um, okay, so. So not being too yeah. outcome focused, right? I think that's very crucial when you're approaching a relationship. And this is something that I've seen with a lot of other leaders when I ask them this question, like, how do you cultivate your board of mentors? Or how do you build mm -hmm. your network? The first thing is, it can't be transactional. You need to invest your time and energy to nurture those relationships. And yeah. another great resource uh, is one of our guests on our podcast, Kelly Hoe, who's mm -hmm. a, an amazing uh, an author. And she wrote a book about build your dream network and you build it before you need it. So these are like amazing yeah. leaders out there, thought leaders like Kelly, Cynthia, who talk about how do you really cultivate and grow this network from an early on stage. So you use mm -hmm. it down the lane as well. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the timing, Priyanka, because that's the other thing, too. You don't want to go into this with a rushed or uh, desperate vibe. Uh, the People just don't like that. You know, uh, they don't react well. They don't tend to want to help people who sound like they're they're desperate and rushed and like it has to be now, you know, because it just doesn't make people feel good. Um, so think about stuff like that. And you know, like the, the thing I was saying before about how you can ask to set up a 15 minute call, like that's basically asking for an informational interview, right? So you can also look up all sorts of stuff about how to do that and check out definitely Kelly's book. Thank you. And I've reached out to several people when I reach out to thought leaders, to learn from them, to bring them as guests on my podcast. So my listeners can benefit from your wisdom. Yeah. It's personalizing the strategies to reach out to them. It's not about hey, I want you to be on my show because you have an amazing follower base. It's more right. about what's the value that I really feel would create impact for my listeners? What have I learned from you personally? And here are some ways in which we can spotlight you to 
create these relationships so we all can learn and grow with each other. Yes, exactly. It should be like a collaborative, you know, in, in its best, at its best, networking is like a collaborative exercise that makes it a win-win-win. That's amazing. And uh, thanks to our common friend, Velvet Fitzpatrick, uh, who's a good friend of our podcast. And yeah. thank you, Velvet, for connecting Cynthia and I. And, uh, you know, it's always amazing when how people uplift each other, especially women of color. That's how we all succeed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have another question from Jyoti. There's always this concept about you fake it till you make it. Right. You know, that adds as a confidence booster. But what's your take as somebody who's done real research about this kind of psychology in a career pivot mindset? Yeah. So I do think it works. <laughs> but if you don't believe that it will work, then it's not going to work for you. That's the real kicker. Um, so if you do have trouble believing that, then I would I would suggest a few things. One, which is similar to what I, when I was answering Rubinia's question from before, is if you do feel like there's a skills gap or an experience gap, and you would know this if you ask other people and they're like, yeah, I really do think you need another certification or you need another year or so. You know, you talk to people and they give you their opinion. This is not you being like constantly like, I need more experience. I just have to take more classes. I have to go to grad school. You know, I'm not talking about you thinking in a vacuum. But if if it is a situation of that, then like, go ahead, skill up, get the experience or whatnot. And then you won't be faking it because you have the experience, you have the credentials at that point. Um, the other thing that's really crucial is to practice positive self-talk as opposed to self-critical negative self-talk. So our thoughts are very powerful. I've been saying this for years. Let's make sure that our thoughts actually support us to get to our goals. Um, so there's a really good book for this, for rewiring your thoughts, um, which I can grab if if you think that's sure. right, Bianca. Yeah. yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah, and to our listeners, we're going to talk more about the Career Pivot book that Cynthia has written about. It's one of the best sellers out there, and I would really love for all of you to get a sneak peek into that book after she finishes oh, it. Thanks. Um, yeah, so this is the book I was talking about, the Self-Compassion Workbook. Do you know this book? No, I was just reading it. Yeah, um, so you can see here, it's, it's a 14-day plan to transform your relationship with yourself, which arguably is the most really important relationship in our lives. Um, and it's mindfulness based. So you would like that too, uh, Priyanka, but self-compassion skills workbook. I, my friend Fanny Garcia, who's on LinkedIn and y'all can follow her as well as Velvet Fitzpatrick. Um, she recommended it to me a while back and I've recommended it to like all my clients and everybody and their mother. So that's excellent. Um, yeah, uh, those are really my my thoughts for Jyoti in terms of the fake, fake it till you make it thing. Thank you. And thanks for sharing these wonderful resources of fellow authors as well. It takes a lot for yeah. an author to boost other women who have written oh. books on different aspects of being the better version of ourselves. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, you know, thank you. And I, I do think, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing. And being an introvert, I mean, this kind of loops us back to the beginning, but I like to learn through reading, you know, um, and also listening to podcasts and stuff. So it, it makes sense to me that like I, <laughs> I would gravitate towards these kinds of resources versus like YouTube instructional videos or whatever, which may work for others, you know. 
That's something that I wanted to ask you to do a little bit of deep dive into who the real Cynthia is. Uh-huh. You were a classic middle child and an introvert. How has that experience helped you become this dream entrepreneur who's living her her you know her ambitions? Yeah, thank you for that. Well, so being the middle child, I think to me that means two things. It means I'm I'm very oppositional. <laughs> Uh, like oppositional defiant and and two I'm like a, a really good mediator so the first part of being kind of like oppositional and like if everyone is going one way I want to like go the other way you know that definitely helped me in my career change because one it got me out of being a lawyer and being a public defender to being like I can I can do something else with my life like I can reinvent myself and like that is a great privilege to be able to do that as well I want to make sure everyone understands that um but so it helped me kind of make that first pivot and then it has kept me it's it gives me drive you know like because i do tend to try to do things in a non-traditional way so when it doesn't work out at first i just want to keep trying harder to make it work because i'm like i want to prove people wrong or whatever um so that's the oppositional side in terms of being a mediator like i think that makes me really good at doing my one-on-one work with clients because I'm good at sensing like what they're bringing to the table and helping them mediate between like them and their career, if that makes sense. Um, and then the introvert thing, I mean, I'm really good at deep thinking. I'm a very reflective person uh, and it makes me really excel in the one-to-one context. So that's, that's amazing. It's knowing your strengths, right? And how do you play to those strengths? Yes. I think that's the amazing way to live the life that you design. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk about your book. Can you show us the yeah. book as well as what's one takeaway that you would give our listeners on why should they read this book? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so I wrote this book, a little bit of background. I wrote this book because I was really tired of essentially looking for this book and not finding it. So we all may know that a lot of the career advice books out there are written by and for white people by and for white perspectives. And so the rest of us are just expected to like adapt it to ourselves, you know? Um, and I was like really tired of that because I do like to recommend books to my clients and I couldn't find a book to give to clients like that was an extra resource to our work. And so I realized if I wanted this book, I would have to write it. Um, and so I did, but the one takeaway I want to share with people, if nothing else, is that you deserve where you want to go in your career. And don't let anyone tell you you can't be there, whether it's society, whether it's your superiors at work, whether it's your family, whether it's your culture, your immigrant background, whatever it is, like people can be like the haters that they want to be or whatever. But wherever it is that you want to go, you have a place there and you deserve to be there. That's amazing advice. Thank you. And to our listeners, I would say definitely check out the book. Uh, it's called Don't Stay in Your Lane, The Career Change Guide mm-hmm. of Color. And to me personally, Cynthia, I love yeah. this book because it's the lean in Bible for women of color. <laughs> Thank and, you. That is high praise. And I really admire the fact that you understand the cultural challenges that we face and the mindset shifts that we'll have to overcome to be successful uh, you know, wherever you are. So thank you mm-hmm. for this and putting to the, together a success manual for women to achieve the careers and the respect they deserve. 
Thank you. I love that career success manual. I'm going to use that. Thank you, Priyanka. It's <laughs> amazing. So we have a fun rapid fire on for you. Are you ready yeah. for it? You ready? So you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following. Okay. Role model. Oprah. What does happiness mean to you? Laughing with my friends. I love that. <laughs> What's one fun thing about Cynthia you haven't shared anywhere and it's exclusive to our Caribbean Startup Podcast listeners? Okay, it's slightly embarrassing, but I'm really good at lip syncing. <laughs> That's a nice skill set to have, I guess. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, what, what's your native language and one word to describe yourself in it? Uh, my native language is Cantonese. And one word to describe myself is introverted. And can you describe that in Cantonese instead of... Oh, you know, I don't know the word for that. I'm going to have to look and see if... if um, if there even is one, but uh, I guess if I if I had to choose the word in Cantonese to describe me, it would be lowly. And what does that mean? It means like like determined and like driven, more or less. That's an amazing way to wrap up this episode, right? The determined and the resilient Cynthia Pong, who has written <laughs> this amazing career success guide for women of color, a must read. And she has amazing advice if you follow her on LinkedIn and any of the social media channels. Uh, she gives great nuggets of wisdom and practical strategies to help you get to the next level of your career. So thank you so much, Cynthia, for spending your time and energy on a busy Monday <laughs> to help us get to a productive and a good version of ourselves. Thank you so much, Priyanka. And I have to say, like, thank you for the work that you're doing with Curry Up Startup and you know, you being a thought leader and role model in our community, you know, because you've created this platform that helps elevate other voices that are usually marginalized or silenced. And to me, that means a lot. Like I feel a lot of solidarity in our work. I think it's so compatible and I just love it. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. Can you share your experience being on the show and any call to actions for our listeners? Yeah, well, people should obviously subscribe to Carry Up Startup on whatever platform you prefer, rate and review it as well. Also, you know, for podcasts, I mean, I think people know this by now, but it, just in case you don't, it's important that you download episodes when you listen to them. This download numbers really matter for people who are doing podcasts. And, you know, like also, I, I don't know if Carry Up Startup is like interested in sponsorships or whatnot, but like, if, if that's like a thing, how people can actually monetarily financially support the podcast, I think that's really important that we responsibly spend our dollars supporting the people that we want. And I won't name the people that have enough dollars that don't need support, but you probably know who I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, thank you, Cynthia, for those kind words. And we're always looking at ways in which we can continue to amplify the Asian voices and bring to you stories from world-class leaders. So. Thank you for your continued support and to our valuable guests. Um, I'm happy to report that this is our 46th episode of Curry Up Startup. And it's been a year since we got started. And thanks to our listeners for the amazing response and the feedback and the support. And we're so glad that's helped us get our LinkedIn Live application approved. And here we are broadcasting live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, all three places at the same time. platforms. <laughs> so thank you so much, Cynthia. And to our listeners, the top three key takeaways with Cynthia Pong, career strategist, author, and the LinkedIn 
top voice for career and job search. One, have a revolving list of your career accomplishments. So when it's time for your performance evaluations, you have metrics to refer back to. And two, beating the imposter syndrome starts from within you. And mindfulness and meditation could be some ways that will help you embrace yourself. And three, and the most important of all, you are the person who can design your career. And it all starts within you. So live the life of your dreams and don't let anyone or anyone's insecurities hold you back from becoming the best version of yourself. Amazing takeaway, Cynthia. Thank you so much for being on our show again. Thank you, Priyanka. This has been a delight. Thank you, Cynthia. And we'll have links to the resources that Cynthia shared as part of the podcast in our episode notes. Until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off from Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, entrepreneurs, C-suite executives who can inspire you with your personal journey. And do remember to subscribe to our Career Startup Podcast by following me, Priyanka Komla, on LinkedIn Live for your LinkedIn Live notifications and our LinkedIn page for Career Startup Podcast. We're also on YouTube, Twitter at Pod Startup and your favorite podcast streaming platforms. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and we look forward to seeing you again soon.